types of videos. Yeah. 
Holy Spirit, welcome. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Did you ever go anywhere where they didn't greet you and, and uh, say very nice things to you when they saw you? They just kind of, people kind of, kind of treat you cold and you don't feel welcome around them. But I'll tell you, when we get in church, the Holy Spirit comes because we want him here. We welcome him. We praise him. And God sent him so that we could be in touch with him. He's our go-between for us and God. So you, we're glad that you're here tonight, to, or to this morning, to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. A Pentecostal service is the greatest witness to the world almost that there is. People come to one and they never get over it. You meet people that don't know much about Pentecost. They say, yeah, I went once. <laughs> and they got scared. I was scared the first time I went, but I had God in my heart, and I knew there was something real that I didn't understand. And I got my Bible out, and I couldn't quit reading it about the Holy Spirit. And I tell you, it's wonderful to be in touch with God. In a world that turns their back on Him, the church still has that light and that fire that will keep us ready for His coming. Jesus is coming for those who are looking for Him. And we know that you're looking for him or you wouldn't be here. You chose to come today. God allows us to choose if we go to church on Sunday or if we turn back over and say, oh, I just can't get up. Don't ever say that. You can get up. You get up and go to work every day. You get up and go to school. You get up and do the things you have to do. So you just talk. Remember, he's right there waiting for you when you wake up to say, don't go today. They'll never miss you. That's the biggest lie. I miss everybody that's not there. I've been looking for a few right over here that's not here yet. So the Holy Spirit wants us to come together because we're going to be lifted up and strengthened and blessed. It's been a good week, hasn't it? We're anxious to hear about the General Assembly. We got to watch a lot of it on the live streaming, and we welcome all of you that are watching us by live stream today. Thank you for tuning in and listening. We know you're going to be blessed. We have just come from early service at 830 and then our Sunday school hour at 9.30 and now mid-morning service. And tonight will be another wonderful service. So we welcome you here today. You know, there's about 93 days in summer, and a lot of them are already gone. But God counts the days, and he keeps time. We don't serve a sloppy God. We serve a God who makes every day just as perfect as it can be. And so we are looking for God to do great things today in our services. I couldn't hardly wait to get to church. Because I've been hungry all week for more of the Lord. And I know he's here to bless us today. And if you're new, we want to welcome you, especially if this is your first time or second time. You're just kind of new. Welcome and get acquainted. We're going to get out in the aisles and shake hands and greet one another and tell somebody that you don't know what your name is and uh, ask for theirs and stand and say something to them about the Lord. That's why we want them to come back. We want to be friendly to him. So let's do that. Let's get out of the aisles and shake hands and greet one another and give a God bless you to everyone.
watching the Republican convention and these conventions, you may feel like it's hopeless, but life is not hopeless. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, Ha, 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 ha. 
like practice you know we're getting ready for a time when we're going to be standing the Bible says the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands of them saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive honor and riches and wisdom and power and strength and we're just practicing right now we're practicing when we stand there and the angels have to step aside for a few moments as they announce, the redeemed are coming into the throne room. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The angels step aside and we dressed in white robes because we've been washed white by the blood of the Lamb and we come walking in up to the throne room of grace and we get to see him for ourselves. That ought to make anybody excited. That ought to make anybody want to shout, want to dance, to see him for ourselves. Amen. Amen. You might wonder what you got yourself into this morning. Maybe you're standing there going, oh my goodness, where in the world are we at? You know, I, I think about, while we were singing, I was thinking about all the news broadcasts and all the things that I've seen where people are throwing punches and and cussing and, and violence everywhere and people getting shot in the streets and, and I'm looking at all the violence and all the emotion and I'm looking at all that turmoil and chaos and I looked around this audience while we were singing and I said you know what that's freedom right there that's freedom the freedom that says I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been set free by the power of Jesus Christ. I have been redeemed by the Lord's mighty mercy and hand on my life. How many this morning will testify, I have been redeemed by Jesus. Amen. Amen. Then we got something to shout about. We got something to, sit, to dance for and to celebrate for because the power of the Lord has set us free. You'll just have to forgive me. I just came back from General Assembly. You ought to have been in the 8.30 service. The Holy Ghost fell. We didn't have, I mean, the whole order of service was completely tore up. We just followed the leading of the Lord. And you know what? The Spirit of the Lord spoke in that service, and you know what He said? He said, my people prepare for my soon coming. That's what He said. How many of you know the Lord is coming soon? He's about ready to split the eastern sky. The trumpet is about ready to sound, and he's getting his church ready. He wants us. He's coming for a church, the Bible says, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. That means you got to get rid of that, all that hypocritical stuff. Now, I'm going to get like, if I get like I was at 830, I almost ran out the side door. Because the Lord gave a word in that audience and said, right. it's time for you, it's man, 
Woman, it's time for you to get the log out of your own eye and quit pinching splinters out of everybody else's. Get off the judgment seat. You are not God. Come on, say amen. Get your heart ready and right before the Lord. Humble yourself, the Bible says. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from what? Oh, of course we know that means everybody else because we're perfect. We are holier than thou. Tell you what, I told the 830 audience, and I'll say it in this one. I, you, this is the pastor you got, sorry. I am so sick of hypocritical religious junk in the church. Tired of it. Tired of it. We're getting ready for the coming of the Lord. We're getting ready. Our robes are washed white, and we're getting ready for the coming of the Lord. Oh, go on and give him praise in here this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. You found your way into a church that don't get into religious junk. We don't sit around and talk about one another. We don't divide one another. We don't sit around and judge everybody else. We love our brothers and our sisters. It don't matter what color you are or where you come from. It don't matter what country you're from. We are one body united together in the spirit and presence of God. Amen. That's the true church. That's the true church. I want our church to look like the kingdom. I didn't even get an amen from Esperanza. I want our church to look like the kingdom. Come here, Carlos. Come here. Get up here, quick. You, young man, run, run. This is my brother. I love him. He's part of the body of Christ. And I don't care if he is from Honduras. I love him. And I honor the work that God's done in his life. You don't know where he came from. He was on the streets in a gang. He's seen people shot and killed right in front of him. He used to be a part of the drug scene. But God set him free. And now he loves Jesus with all of his heart. Oh! Hallelujah! Praise God. This is what the kingdom looks like. Us together, all of us together. God is doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing. He's ready to turn the hearts of the, the children back to the fathers. He's willing, ready, and now empowering the church to be the true church. He, want, he don't want us to look like just the typical church. He wants us to be his church. The one that he looked at Peter when Peter jumped up and said, Thou art the Christ the son of the living God. Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, just like your name is a rock, I'm building my church on what you just said. Hey, we're not church of God built on the church of God. We're the church of God built on Jesus Christ. That's who we are. Man, I feel him. Oh, yes, I feel the power of God in here. Man, the power of the Lord, the Holy Ghost is here in this house. I don't know where you came from. We're not crazy. Seeing's but the early hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. 
who said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters, they will prophesy. How many of you are experiencing the last day outpouring right now? Amen. Praise God. We're going to pray while the, while the waters are stirred. We're going to pray. Several folks need a touch. I, I have Brian Lanier on my prayer list. We prayed for him at 8.30. Been praying for him all night. But his, he called his wife after the, at, at, during the 8.30 service and said, come get me. They're releasing me. So we don't have to pray for Brian right now, except we just want to keep lifting him up for the marathon he's working on. But Brian, you're an answer to prayer. I believe God touched you right there. I think you ought to give God a great big praise for that. Amen. We need a miracle. We need a miracle for Brother Daly Carpenter. Going to pray for Brother Daly this morning. I want us to, to agree that God will touch him. How many of you know the Lord is able to move from here, dispatch an army of angels to where he is at Christ Hospital? God's able to touch him. When Elijah called down the fire on Mount Carmel, he said, Lord, send your fire so that they will know that you are God, that you're Jehovah. Man, that's what we want. We want the power of God. How many of you know every healing is for the glorification of God? It's for the honor of God. If it lifts up a man, it's no good. But if it lifts up God, it's right from his throne. So we're wanting to pray for God to touch daily carpenter. How many of you have a need this morning? You went in on a prayer of power. You want God to touch you. Yes. We're also, and I already had this down. I was going to do this, but I'm thankful for the reminder. We want to pray for Sister Pat Spade and John, uh, uh, Tom's uh, Spade. They're here today. Sister Pat, where are you? There she is, right back there. We want to pray for this family. John Mullins, Jonathan Mullins was part of our church. Young man grew up here. He was tragically killed over this last week. And we want to have his funeral on Wednesday. We want to pray for this family. Pray for his mom, Carrie. We want to pray for all of them. He was engaged to be married. I want us to pray for his little fiance, that God will touch her. And pray for Pat and Tom, that God will comfort and strengthen them and all of the family. Let's pray for them today. And every one of the hands that were lifted up. We want to pray for your need today. Let's pray right now. Father, as we come to you, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that's here in a mighty way. Pray that you will minister and touch every heart and every life. Minister, God, to the needs that were represented through uplifted hands. God, in this sanctuary, there are all kinds of physical needs. People going through different kinds of situations physically. They need healing from cancer, from heart uh, conditions, from other conditions, physical conditions in their body. We pray, Lord, for those folks who are going through different crises, and we ask your hand to be on them. We pray for the power of the Lord to heal them, to touch them in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray that you will touch Daily Carpenter. We ask for a miracle. We agree together in this sanctuary that you will touch him, that you'll send your angels to where he is, the ministering angels of God that will do the work of the Lord. Holy Spirit, we're asking for the healing strength and power of God to touch and minister to our brother. Lay your hand on him and so many other very serious needs in our church. Brother Hale, we ask you to touch him today and minister healing to his body physically. We pray, God, for comfort for the family of Jonathan Mullins. We ask you to minister strength to them. Lord, bring some peace to their hearts in this tragic death. We just pray in the name of Jesus as we lean holy and hardened 
upon you. And we pray for this service, God, that you will touch and minister in our time together, that your work will be done in this house as we never fail, Lord, to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. And God, we pray for the state of Israel. We ask you to minister, Lord, the chosen promised land, that beautiful land of people. And, and that, God, your work be done in their lives. We pray over their borders. We pray protection for their soldiers. And Lord, for their leaders, we ask wisdom and grace. But Lord, we believe and know that they are part of your end time work in this world. And we ask you to keep them in all peace. We seek the peace of Jerusalem. And Lord, we seek the good of Israel. We pray for this as we pray for our own country. We pray for, for America. We lift up, God, every leader, every city. We lift up all of those, Lord, who need your protection, the violence that are on our streets. We ask for the peace of the Lord to surround them and be with them. Lord, we ask a special touch, God, upon those who are first responders, police officers, those who are in the direct line of fire these days in terror. We ask your work to be done. Touch them and keep them, protect them as we thank you for them. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask and pray all of these things. And everyone agreed and said, amen. 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 God bless you. Won't you turn to somebody and tell them, say, you're looking mighty fine. You're looking good today before you're seated. Well, my goodness, I didn't say make plans for dinner. I just said say hi. I'm very honored today to have very special friends here. I want the Faulkner family to stand if they would. Jason, Heather, I married them almost 21 years ago, and their daughters are here. And, uh, Jason has served well in the city of Franklin served there and on the council and we appreciate him being with us in service today. God's done a great work in his life and uh, he had the, the, the label of cancer put on him but I, I believe the last report I heard you were clean. You're doing well. One year, August 5th, he's clean. Praise God. Amen. Thank you guys for being here today. Now Heather grew up here. Now she was in my youth group way back. We're glad to see them and their beautiful daughters. Also, we have special guests here with us from Florida, retired pastor in the Church of God, Bishop Smith and his wife. Um, would you stand? I want them to, I want our church to honor both of you. Margaret, amen. Thank you so much for being with us. They're friends and guests with Brother Fred Gibson. We're glad to see them with us today. Thank you for being with us. We love Church of God preachers. And when you retire, you're honored here. And we, we thank you for being with us. Um, also, very pleased to have with us, all the way from Australia, would you make welcome Pastor Fred Kessner. Fred, stand up. Good on you, mate. We're glad to see you. <laughs> uh, you will want to come back this evening at 6 p.m. as uh, Pastor Fred will be speaking in the uh, 6 o'clock service all the way from Australia. He's got some insight. We've been talking about what he's going to be speaking on, and he's got a word from the Lord, and so I'm thankful for him being with us. He'll be flying back to Australia tomorrow, so keep him in your prayers. As you know, he came to be with us, our staff, and some of our folks have just returned from the General Assembly. 
where I'm thrilled to announce to you someone we know very well here in our church. He's preached here many times. I was youth pastor to his daughters, and we're so delighted to announce to you the general overseer of the Church of God, Dr. Tim Hill, is our new overseer. Amen. Wonderful man of God, preacher, preacher of the gospel and, and gospel singer. Uh, wonderful man. He preached a message at the camp, uh, at the General Assembly on Friday evening, his first address, which if you have not seen it, I would encourage you to go to the Church of God website, Church of God Cleveland, Tennessee, to the website and go to the media and archives and listen to his address to our denomination on Friday. It was one of the greatest messages I believe I've ever heard. And just wonderful, the challenge and the vision of us moving forward into what I know and believe is the coming of the Lord. The church is getting ready for his coming. And Bishop Hill is going to be taking us into, I believe, a, a whole new season of wonderful blessing and anointed favor of the Lord. We also have a new state team. Um, Bishop Wayne Doherty has been assigned elsewhere. Uh, Pat and Jan Wright, our state leadership and development directors are also leaving, uh, going to Alaska to be the overseers. And so we have lost our entire state team, but no worries. They uh, have given us a, a wonderful gentleman I've known for about 20 years. Our new state overseer is Bishop Les Higgins. He and his wife, Donna, are tremendous, wonderful friends and wonderful people. I have enjoyed working with them through the years in different youth ministry events. Uh, he flew me to Texas to speak at the um, uh, conferences he had there. And then again, I went for him in Michigan and Alabama. So we go way back and was thrilled to run into him on the street and be able to shake his hand and, and, and congratulate he and his wife for coming to Ohio. Our new state youth uh, directors are Scott and Cammie uh, Weaver. And they are going to be coming from uh, Kansas something like that. I don't know exactly where they're coming from, but they're coming. They're from South Carolina, but they'll be coming and, and being on our state team. So we have a whole new state team, and we'll look forward to getting them here so that you can meet them. I've already invited Bishop Les Higgins to come and speak on a Sunday morning very soon. I want him to come as soon as he gets settled and meet you. And he says he's excited to meet you, so uh, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful marriage, I believe, with our state. The Tote Ministry, uh, where, is, where is she at? There she is. Nicole, stand up so people can get a good look at you. There she is. Nicole was working hard on our back-to-school supplies that we're buying for the middle school over here in Middletown and the Ohio Christian Academy. We have taken it upon ourselves to touch every family in Middletown that has a middle school or sixth grade, and that is around somewhere between five and 600 children which means it's five to 600 families that we will be touching in Middletown. Thank you, you've been coming along beautifully. We're right on track with getting that, that assignment done and we'll be ready to deliver in just a few days. But if you have not yet donated, we still need help in uh, either buying uh, school supplies or making a donation and someone else will shop for you. Or you can come and I believe they might need help in packing and delivering and all that kind of thing. Just see Nicole. Uh, and she'll help you get, get directed there. And I want to say I appreciate her. The Clayton Street Mission Team is responsible for this outreach, but Nicole has pretty much taken it on as, a, as an assignment for herself. So I want you to help me thank her for all the hard work that she's done. 
Amen. The ushers are coming to serve you today. I want to thank you for your gifts and your giving. I want to thank you for being here. What a beautiful crowd you are. I love it when someone comes in and they come up to me at the welcome and they said, you know, all the, all the good seats are gone. <laughs> we have to find these other seats. <laughs> so um, I, I forget exactly how she worded it. She said something about all like the, maybe the, the back row seats are all gone, <laughs> whatever she said. But uh, she was uh, being funny. Thank you for being here today. Thank you to our special guests. And thank you for your gifts. As you see through that black tarp there, we have quite a, quite a task in front of us for ministry. And God is blessing us. As you have freely received, freely give. As we have freely received, we freely give. We don't badger you. We don't beg you. We give you an opportunity. And so we receive offerings that you've come prepared to give to God. Through your tithe, thank you for being faithful in tithing. Thank you for those who are faithful in giving to missions. Today, our loose offering all goes to world missions. It was wonderful to be at the General Assembly and to be in a room with thousands of pastors, staff pastors, missionaries, directors and leaders, administrators from all over the whole world. You can only imagine at the end of the service on Friday when Brother Bishop Hill had all of the folks come down to the altar. He told us this was an anointing service and that the Holy Spirit was going to bring an anointing in that moment. And I don't think we were prepared for what was going to happen. I stood with Pastor Brian and Amelia and Pastor Richard. We stood in a circle as did thousands of other people. Dr. Hill had gotten us prepared and he had already prayed and he said that he had was asking the Lord for an anointing. You know, he said something that I thought was so amazing. It's not in my notes for preaching today and so I wanna say it right here. He said, in the church, you have two kinds of people. You have some who are anointers. They're anointers. What he meant by that is they're people that build up the kingdom they bring the power and the presence of God into relationships. They, they bring anointing into the ministries and into the church. He said, you have anointers. And he said, and you have embalmers. My prayer was, Lord, don't let me ever be an embalmer. Someone who takes the dead and just preserves them for burial. How many want to be an anointer? Tough stuff, but it's good. See, we believe here about being real. We don't like games. If you're visiting today, we're just giving you a little commercial. We don't like games. We don't play religious junk here. We seek to be part of the kingdom. We build one another up. We encourage one another. We pray for one another. We share in communion together. We'll even, we're liable to wash each other's feet. We're 
trying our best to be part of the kingdom. To look like the kingdom, which means all races are welcome. All countries are welcome. My prayer always, every morning is, Lord, make us the United Nations Church of God. We want to be real so that when he comes knocking at the midnight hour, he finds that there is oil in our lamps and we're ready to go. How many are ready to go? Amen. As you give today, we do something that I've been told is, is not wise in managerial business terms. We're going to give every dime of this offering away, as we always do every Sunday, both services. The church lives off of Sunday night offering. Both morning services go to world missions. And since we've done that, God has always met our needs and blessed us. The church will not ask you to give if the church doesn't give too. And so we give. We support 15 different countries, and we serve right now at eight different world missions, missionaries around the world. And they're depending on us today because they've come to know that we're faithful to our giving. So when you give in the loose offering, always remember that it's going to minister literally around the world. We have a mission in Alaska at the top of the world in Barrow, all the way to Africa, Eastern and Western Europe, all over South America. Well, there's even a little church called the Hosanna Christian Center in Quito, Ecuador this morning. The lights are on, the rent's been paid, and everybody has got everything they need because you give every Sunday. God's helped us to do a good work, and I'm thankful for you and your gifts. So as we give today, let's give knowing it goes to something much greater than us. Amen? Father, we come to you. I thank you for those who are faithful to your word and obedience to paying their tithe. I thank you for those who have blessed our building program and are giving to the building fund. I thank you for those, Lord, who will give an offering today to World Missions. I pray that you will bless their hearts and their lives, that they will feel and sense that they are part of something much larger than themselves as we desire to please you and to help you, Lord, build the kingdom until the very last hour. We thank you for all of these gifts. As we have been given, Lord, we give. In Jesus' name, amen.
As I walk through my daily life, I sense his presence. 
He's not a God that I have to come here to know and to feel and to fellowship with. But he is everywhere. And at any moment, it's just great to just break out and praise him. <laughs> you don't have to do that in church. When you sense his presence, you just say, Lord, I worship you. I want to do that right now. you stand with me this morning in your own way we all do it differently 
If you're just someone who quietly closes your eyes and you sense and feel the presence of God and you connect, then you do that. If you're someone who loves to lift your hands or clap your hands or pray out loud, you do that. But right now I want us in concert all over this place to just lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Would you do that? Would you just praise him and love on him? Just sell him whatever your hearts desire. Lord, we love you this morning. We honor you. We lift up your name. We honor your presence that's here. We glorify you and magnify your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Praise God. If you got your Bibles while you're standing, would you turn with me to Isaiah chapter 43? We started last Sunday in this book, and we're going to continue this Sunday. A little, little loud up here. Thank you, Lord. This, this morning's message I've entitled, Good News for New Things. Good news for new things. I'm believing that you're here on purpose. I don't believe that we ever crisscross coincidentally with God. I believe that if you're here today, you got up and you got ready and you were invited or you came or you just always come. However it is you got here, I'm believing that God has brought you here on purpose. That he's going to touch you and minister to your life today. What I've had dropped down in my spirit for the last couple of weeks is that God is going to do what he said through the prophet Isaiah yeah. when the prophet spoke to the children of Israel and said, God's going to do a new thing. Now we understand and know the scripture that says, well, there's really nothing new under the sun. And usually if something's been done, it's been done before. But what God is trying to get a message across to them back in the 8th century, all the way through to the 6th century, 200 years this word stood as a testimonial for them. He wants to speak to us this morning. And that's that he doesn't want us to only let him be a God of once upon a time. Do you get that? He doesn't want to be a God of once upon a time. He's a God of right now. And I like what Karen Wheaton sings, one of my favorite songs. I almost pulled the track out and sang it for you today. She says, she says what he did then, he'll do it again. God is wanting to do something brand new and fresh. He wants to do something that mirrors what he has done in the past. That he doesn't want us stuck on the past. He, he wants us to see that as an encourager to trust and believe him for a touch today. You've come in here and you need a touch. I already know you're here. I've already prayed for you. I've already prayed for you. God is going to touch your life today. You came in here and you're, some of you are needing to hear a word from the Lord. Some of you are needing a change, a transformation. Some of you are needing just a hope rekindled. You're needing God to, to assure you that he knows right where you are. I'm believing that God has an ability that is far beyond any human. He's able to speak to you through his word right to your need. Even though there are many that are here. 
Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 3. Then I'm going to jump down to 10 through 13, and then 16 through 19. So hang on. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. How many times have I been in my prayer closet, Shane? And I've looked up and I said, do you know my name today? And I've heard in my spirit him say, I know you, Ray. All's well with the world when the Lord knows my name. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Verse 10. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he before me. Gary, you'll like this. You, you had this in your heart just a few moments ago. Before me, God says, there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. Come on now, how many of you know he ain't sharing the, the throne? They may coexist out there, and they may at the national prayer breakfast have, have Jehovah God and Jesus. They, they may have our Lord sitting at the end of the line here, but how many of you know there's only one throne? One, only one throne room. We believe the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I have declared and saved, I have proclaimed, and there was no foreign God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. Amen. Indeed, he says, before the day was, I am he. And there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I work, and who will reverse it? Verse 16. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power, they shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they are extinguished, they are quenched like a wick. But he says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, look, see it for yourself, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Or another version says, aren't you going to be aware of it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, we know he has parted the waters and made the riverbed dry. But now he says, I'm going to go into the desert and make a river. I mean, y'all don't see that. I didn't hear any oohs and ahs, but I would, when I'm looking at that, I'm like, are you kidding me? That's major. 
I mean, it was awesome when he made a wall out of the water for the Red Sea and for the children of Israel to walk through. But now he says, I'm going to send you into the wilderness here. I'm going to send you in the desert, and I'm going to make water there. I'll make a river in the desert. I love it. Oh, I, I, I'm the only one who gets it. All right. Okay. Father, we ask your blessings on your word. I pray in the next few minutes for the anointing that makes the difference. It's not my words or my wisdom that will transform or change a life. It is your Holy Spirit. For it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl here in this house that you will touch them. And that in our time together, Lord, we will say it has been good to be in the house of the Lord. Use your word to touch us, challenge us, and speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Every time we turn on the news or open up a newspaper, we're reminded that the world is a dangerous place. There's no safe place, humanly speaking. The only real safe place for you and I to be is in the direct, perfect center of God's will. We need to know the will of the Lord. We start by looking to his word. You can't go wrong when you look into his word. Memorize this word, read this word, understand this word, study this word to show yourself approved, and you'll have a good understanding of the word and the will of God. The will of God makes any place safe, regardless of the danger that's involved. I've heard many stories of people who were put in very dangerous situations, but because they were in the will of God, the power of God was there to protect them. The angels camped all around them, lest they dash their foot against a stone. They were protected and kept by the Lord. The United States of America, sorry, Frederick, we're going to talk about America this morning. Australia is not too far behind us, though. As, usually as America goes, Australia goes, and as Australia goes, America goes. We're kind of like sisters, brothers and sisters. But this last year has been a hard year. There's all kinds of trouble, and we talk about it often as we pray for the latest tragedy and the latest uh, violence and attack in America, scandalism, immorality, terror, fear, enemies that we can't see. We don't know them right at first. Violence such as we've never known before. It's come upon me, and as I was praying and seeking God about this series, I thought to myself, Lord, we need good news. We need a good word. We need your work and will to be accomplished and done. We need some encouragement. We need uplifting. Lord, we need something that will bless us, something that will encourage us to, to move forward, to feel like we're, we're, we're in a safe place because we have your protection. I learned a long, long time ago to try not to think that through or to encourage myself with a Hallmark card or, or an ice cream. I used to think ice cream could solve everything. But I've come to understand that it's not the shopping network or the ice cream parlor or a Hallmark card that's going to bring me the kind of encouragement and assurance that I need today. I have to go straight to the Word of God, the source here of my strength. This is where I am made strong. This is where I'm made confident. This is where I'm made courageous. This is where I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. I can drink any deadly thing and it shall not hurt me. This is the thing that gives me the courage and the strength to get up every day 
and to move out amongst danger that seems to be lurking around every corner. Right now, if it's not violence and terror, then it's alcohol and drugs. It's all kinds of violence and trouble in the home. If it's not that, then it's other kinds of immorality that is just completely tearing at the very thread and fiber of our country and of our beings. We find our families are ripped to shreds. Marriages are torn apart. There has never been a day we are truly living in what the Bible calls perilous times. It used to be that I only heard of situations that were tough and rough and things that were so hopeless and helpless. But it's only very recently in the last several years that we now understand tragedies and we understand cancer and diseases. We understand all kinds of violence and attack even in our own communities. We're here. We need encouragement. We need a spoken word. The spoken word of God is our strength. It's what gives us comfort. Why? There are things you can go to. There are places in the word of God when you need it. You can get out of depression. You can get out of discouragement. You don't have to stay down. You can always get back up. The one thing that separates you and I from the world is that usually when they get knocked down, they stay down. But you and I, the only difference, we're not perfect. We haven't arrived. We're not holier than thou. We're none of those things. But what we are is smart. I know that if I get knocked down, I'm going to get right back up because I got a word that tells me that. I've got a, a picture of the scripture in the, in the Bible that tells me that if I will just trust him, lean hard upon him, and not to my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge him, he will direct my path, and he'll keep me from all harm. The Lord is my refuge. He is my refuge. He's my strong tower. You're nice, but you're not my answer. I don't run to you when I need help. I run to him, and I find my help. My help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. I look out over every earthly situation or solution. I look out past every hill in this world, and I look beyond to where my help comes from. He doesn't sleep or slumber. He's a God who is in control. 2 Samuel 22 and 2. I wrote a few things down to just encourage you today. He said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. 2 Samuel 22 in the very next verse, verse 3. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold and my refuge. My Savior who will save me from violence. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge. He's my shield. And I love the scripture in Psalms 46. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. He's not only on time. How many of you know he's already preparing for your deliverance right now? He's already ahead of your prayer request. He already is making a way 
where there is no way. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. So we, what do we take no thought of what we're going to eat or what we're going to drink or what we're going to wear, what kind of roof we're going to have over our head. We don't worry about any of that. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to worry about it because I look and I see that even the lilies of the field, they don't toil nor spend. And they are arrayed as beautiful. Boy, Brother Frederick has been traveling around with me here in America, and he's looked at some stuff that I never, I never thought much about it. But he's looking at these little flowers along the side of the road, and he said, oh, they are morning flowers. They are, every morning they are beautiful and blue, and they are so alive and so nice, taking pictures of them. And I'm like, Frederick, those are weeds. <laughs> Come to America, boy. We'll show you. <laughs> he thought they were beautiful. And, and I never noticed that in the morning, they're all blue flowers everywhere, lit up. All The roads are lined with blue. And then in the afternoon, they go away. He says, look, look, they go away. And I'm like, yeah, never, never noticed that before. I usually <laughs> cut them down. <laughs> I'm going to leave them things up there from now on. I ain't cutting my grass. <laughs> There's all kinds of them, them little yellow things in the yard. Them are pretty. <laughs> God help me. Okay, get back on track. God stay. Our text is another passage of scripture that brings comfort and strength to us and touches our hearts. It says, when you walk through the waters, they'll not overflow you. The rivers. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. I'm reminded of scripture that says, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. There's all kinds of encouragement and strength in the word of God for you and I during times of trouble. During times when we need the power of the Lord. And how many of you know his word is settled in heaven? His word is settled. It's Psalm 119 and 89. It says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations, you establish the earth and it abides. I always tell you this, but man, you wake up this morning, the sun was right on time. You go to bed at night, it'll go down right on time. The gravitational force and all of the, the twisting and turning. I mean, it's, we're not going to wake up tomorrow and see a snowstorm. It's going to wait for a little, at least a month, and then it's going to happen. But we've got all this beautiful control. God is in control. Not afraid to go to the ocean because the boundaries of the oceans have been set. I'm not worried about nothing. He establishes the earth and it abides. They continue this day according to your ordinances for all are your servants. He is the God. How many of you know he's the God of the past, the present, and the future? His word is forever settled in heaven. It is good for, this was a good word that I read, the text to you, was a good word for the children of Israel. They, they had come through, they, they knew the famous stories. They, they had been raised up on the, the Egyptian uh, exodus. They knew about that. Their grandparents had shared with them and told them about how they had come through the Red Sea and how they had found so many different miracles. They were kept in the wilderness and they were fed through manna and all these things had taken place and they felt and knew that God, these were famous, wonderful stories 
stories, but they've been told so many times as they have now found themselves in exile in Babylon. They've been there slaves once again, and they're there over 200 years. They're there. You can imagine that after a little while, some of them Exodus stories started sounding like an urban legend. Started sounding like a a bigger than life, a pie in the sky kind of story. I mean, and we've heard those things too. I mean, how many times, you know, we, we know that sometimes the stories, most people don't understand that when we talk about the past, sometimes it's bigger than it really was. And we don't mean to do that, but I've seen people, they'll say, oh, you should have been in the tent revivals of the 50s. You should have been in Clayton Street when D.A. Biggs walked across that state. And I know there were powerful, anointed men and women of God in the history of this church. We would have never made it this far had God not anointed men and women, prayer warriors, who would pay the price and bring us to a place where we are today. And it's our responsibility to make sure we have tapped into the same power and the same fire and the same, not another Holy Ghost, not another Holy Ghost that's working right now. How many of you know it's the same God of the Red Sea? It's the same God of Babylon's exodus. Those kids, uh, children of Israel being exiled out of there and being released from their bondage, that was the same God, and they needed reminded of that. Isaiah needed to tell them that, but then Isaiah wrote words that were going to remind us in this hour that God is still a God of his promises. He's still a God of his word. He's still the same God who gave the promises when he looked at Joshua and he said, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. Well, pastor, it's the same promise today. He says, Ray, I will be with you as I was with D.A. Biggs, as I was with Robert Graham, as I was with pastors of long ago. I will be with you. And I'm depending on that because I know I can't do this on my own. When I was called, the Lord made made it very clear. He gave me Zechariah 4 and 6, which is my scripture. For it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I know I can't pastor this church. I don't have enough wisdom. I'm not smart enough, not pretty enough, don't drive a Cadillac, and I don't have all the things that you need to be a church of God preacher. That was just a little comedy right there. I don't have what it takes to do this in my own strength. As a matter of fact, I fought him. I fought him for six months. I said, no, you have got the wrong guy. I can't do this. I'll I'll fall flat on my face. I will embarrass my family, myself. I cannot do this. And God just kept saying, say yes, say yes, say yes. And as I finally, I've told you many times, I wrestled and wrestled six months of wrestling until finally I couldn't pray, I couldn't, do, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. I was, I was constantly under this wrestling match of God, and he finally kept looking. I went in my room, I locked the door, and I said, God, I'm not coming out of this room until I can sense and know your presence again. I am not leaving this room until I know you. See, when you know him and when you've been with him, you can't go a day without him. I don't understand people that, have, that are hit or miss don't ever need to be in the house of God and and they can come or go whenever they want. I don't understand that because I need the presence of God. I need the house of God. I need good preaching on the word of God. I need to be in the presence of the brothers and the sisters. And so I don't understand that. And and I, I walked in the room, I locked the door and I said, God, I'm not coming out of this room until you and I are back on track because I can't handle this. I've got to have your presence. I've, oh, I hope you know him. I hope you know him. I hope you've had a relationship with him to where you know when he's left the room, 
when you know that he's not, he's not right there. See, he withdrew from me because he was trying to draw me. God will do that sometimes. He'll, he'll withdraw himself from you to get you to come this way, right? Sometimes he'll do that. He'll draw you in, and he was drawing me in as I felt the Spirit of God drawing me, and I felt empty, and I felt like I couldn't make that connection with him. I got in the room, Pastor McCoy, I got down on my knees, and I said, I'm not leaving this room until you and I are together, and he spoke to me again. He said, say yes. Say yes. And I said, oh, no, not that again. No, no, no. No, Lord, I can't do that. I need to teach my second grade Sunday school class. I'm, I'm a youth leader, volunteer. I need to have the anointing. I need your spirit. And he said, say yes. And I said, Lord, we can't do this. We, I can't do that. I, I, I'm not a preacher. I'm not one of those guys. I can't do it, Lord. Say yes. Stayed in that room. I'm not lying. I'll tell you, this is for young men, young ladies who are serving God and seeking God. I'm going to tell you this, not because I want to pat me on the back. It, actually, I was the dummy. It took that long to get through to me. But I was in that room for six hours. Never left. My mother, my family wondered what in the world was wrong with me. Didn't come out of that room. I wrestled. I sang songs. I put my cassette player on. Listen to camp meeting music. I listened to Kathy Turner singing Move Me With Your Message. That song, I, when I was getting called to ministry, I played that over and over and over again. And I kept listening to it. Move me with your message once again. It's been too long. I'd like to sing it with you sometime. That'd be awesome. Since I have moved within. Take me back to the tree. Take me back to where you gave so much for me in my life. I said, Lord, move me with your message. Once again, I sang it and I sang it and I sang it. And I said, Lord, can you get, can we be okay now? I gotta have your presence, God. Can I, can I, can I feel you now? Can I sense you now? Can everything be okay? And he said, say yes. And I wrestled and I wrestled and I wrestled, and I'll never forget what happened. Right in the middle of all that, I was sweating. I was tired. I had been there all day. I was, I was down on my knees. And I said, all right, yes. <laughs> I felt the spirit of God hit me in the head. I felt the power of God. I went down to my feet, down on my face. I felt him. I started praying in the spirit. I started looking my hands up to the Lord. It started crying and weeping. Felt him fill the room. And he said, now we're going to get something done here. And he, I don't know who you are today, but you just need to understand something. It's not in your ability. You'll never be able to do it. You'll never be qualified enough. But if you'll just learn how to say yes and surrender, you'll find that God will be all the strength and power you'll ever need. He'll cause you to be victorious. He'll cause you to be a giant. He'll cause you to do things you could never do in your own power and in your own strength if you'll just trust in the Lord. Trusting in God, that's the ticket. That's the bread, the butter on the bread. That's what makes it possible. I can't walk in this office on Monday morning acting like I know what I'm doing. 
I have to get up at the crack of dawn and say, God, help me today. I got to do this, Lord, and I can't do it without you. And I'll feel the strength of God rise up in my spine, and it'll give me the courage to step out. And that's the way every one of us ought to be. We ought not to face a day. We ought not to get out of the, out of the house. We ought not to go anywhere or do anything in our own strength. We are through Christ conquerors and overcomers. But if you've not got that worked out, you're on your own. Good luck. God is stirring his church. He's stirring us. Isaiah gave them a message, and I'm going to close this out somehow. I always tell you how many pages. There are 17, 18 typed pages. (laughs) Let's just stay here until 3. I am your God. I am your God of deliverance. I am your God of provision. I am your God of great healing. I will do a work in you as you surrender to me. Why are you fearful? Do you not know that if I call you, I will equip you? I will send you and I will make it so that you are strong enough You will work for me, and I will lead you into victory. Trust in me. No longer lean upon the arm of flesh. Don't look to the left or to the right. Focus your attention upon me. I am God. I am a God preparing his people, preparing his church, for I am coming soon. Trust and know that I am even at the door. I am ready to make my glory known in the earth. It is only a moment in time until I am here before you, says the Lord. Look to me now. Listen for me now. I will lead you, says the Lord. For I am ready to do a great work among you. I have prepared you. I have planted with you. I have watered with you. I have seen to it that you are now ready for a harvest. Look to me for the strength that I shall give you. I am coming and I need your availability. Surrender to me, says the Lord. Trust and know that I will empower you for my service. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me right now? Isaiah was sending a message from God. You notice how many times he said in his message to the children of Israel, he said over and over again, he said, I am he, indeed, I am God. Above me there is no other 
I am God. Fear not. Over and over again, he was wanting to remind them that he's, he's God. You need to know he's God. I mean, if you listen to too much out there, they'll have you in a quandary within an hour. They'll have you confused and living your life in chaos in 45 minutes. You have to look into your own heart this morning as the Holy Spirit is now working and speaking in this, in this church. You've got to understand God's making it clear to you that he's God. Every head bowed and every eye closed, please. You sense his presence right now. You're wrestling with all the things you've been told, all the things you've tried to rationalize logically with your own thinking, and you're wrestling with it right now because you can't get away from what you feel. You can't get away from what you feel right now. You see, that's the work of the Spirit. He's convicting your heart and letting you know you have a need. That you need Him. That you need Him. God wants to bring deliverance to you. He wants to bring power into your life and set you free. You may be someone who's been completely addicted to alcohol or drugs. Maybe you're someone, this is destroying your life and destroying your family. You've tried every human thing you can and you are still locked up in this stuff and you need deliverance. God can do that. I've seen it over and over again. But it doesn't come with just a want to or a wish. It comes with a dedication, a surrender. you got to be ready to, to give your life. You're exchanging your life. You can't go back and keep your life and, and, and the way it all is right now. You can't continue to do the same thing you've always done and expect a different result. You've got to do something you've never done before. You've got to surrender your life to the Lord. The wrestling match. Perhaps you're someone who's been away from the Lord. You've been cold and indifferent. You need rekindled. You need revival. You need an awakening. He's here right now to do that. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be fulfilled. You've seen people here today, some shouting and some clapping, and, and you've even heard some whistling, whatever. You've you got people that are experiencing this joy that you don't have. God wants to restore the joy of your salvation. He wants to touch your heart and empower you. He's not going to do anything strange or weird with you. He's He's a gentleman in every way. And the Lord wants to touch your life and empower you. God wants to touch our church. He's getting our church ready for a time such as we have never had. We've had some grand historical days. We love to talk about them. But like Isaiah, the Lord is saying, don't ponder over those things. Don't, don't remember them. In other words, don't hang on to them so tightly that you forget that he's the God of the Red Sea is the God of right now. He says, behold, I want to do a new thing. God don't want to sit around and reminisce about the Red Sea. He wants to part the waters in your life right now. As a matter of fact, he says, I want to make rivers in the desert. I want to make a road in the wilderness. God's looking to call you to an adventure of trust. Someone needs that word this morning. God's calling you into an adventure of trust. 
He wants to make an impossible situation possible, but he needs your absolute surrender. He needs you to no longer hang on to the things that cause doubt and confusion. He says, surrender it all. God wants to touch many people here today, and he wants to touch this church. He wants to empower us. He's calling us into a deeper place. He's asking us to launch out into the deep. This building is going to be nothing to what God is wanting to do for us, through us, to this community. We'll, not, we'll still yet not have enough room for what God is wanting to do. I believe this is a word from the Lord. He's calling us into a, a deep place with him. So we must be more unified than we have ever been. We must be more surrendered to him and his will than we have ever been. We must be soldiers ready on the front line of battle. We must be ready to be used in our gifts and talents. We must be ready to step up. To step up and be used. He's getting his church ready. And it's all not because he wants to make a name for Stratford Heights Church. But because he wants to be glorified and lifted up to the people so that they will run to him it's for him and his kingdom and his work in the lives of people who are still waiting for us to step into the place where God can use us church we have a responsibility I pray for us to be anointed I pray for us to be a church full of anointers not embalmers Pray for us to be people of faith, not people that live according to what they see. People who live by faith in God, not by circumstance. It's a high calling. I'd ask every person in the house, if they would, who feels a sense, a connection, a drawing to this service today, I'd ask you to step out quickly and meet me in the altar. Would you do that all over the house? I'm asking for solidarity. I'm asking for unity. I'm asking for a bond of brotherhood and sisterhood in our church. Come one, come all. By coming, you're saying, God, I want to be empowered. I want to be transformed. I want to be courageous. I want to be used. By coming, you're saying, Pastor, I'm a part. I want to be a part. If you can use anything, Lord, use me. Hallelujah. Move in close if you can so folks down the aisles can get in as close as they can. Sing it, Kathy. Sing it real good. Sing that verse. Begin to worship.
again. Lord, it has been too long. Would you right now just turn to someone who's standing beside you? Would you just pray with someone right there by you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Again. I want to ask you a question while these continue to pray. You feel comfortable to do that. But while you're here today, before you leave, I wouldn't feel that it was right if we didn't ask. If you're here today and you need Jesus in your life, you need to accept him into your heart. You didn't feel like you could come down or, or maybe you came down and you're here and you need to make things right with the Lord. If you're here today and you'd like to make things good with Jesus, would you just slip up your hand right where you are and right back down? God bless you, son. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anybody else? God bless you, sir. I knew that. The Holy Spirit's doing something in here today. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. Is there anyone else? These hands that were lifted up, is there anyone else? 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you, sir. If you would, if you lifted up your hand, would you look at me just for a moment? We don't believe in a magic formula. We don't believe that we can just say a few words and that's it. You remember it took me about six hours in my own life to surrender to the Lord. What God's looking for is surrender. He's looking for surrender. And if you're ready to surrender, if you're ready, then He's ready for you. And God wants to do in your life what you can't do on your own. He wants to help you be set free. He starts by cleansing you, washing you. Every sin is gone. You're as holy as anybody in the world. There's nobody more holy than you. You become washed in the blood of Jesus and you are a brand new creature in Christ. The Bible says old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's what happens when you accept Jesus. And then he's going to work to strengthen you. I want to put you with good people that will help you and be strong and pray for you, encourage you. And then he's going to help you to be an overcomer. He's going to do all of that, but it starts with your heart. It starts with surrender. The Bible says if a man believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth that he is the Christ, believes he's the Son of God, then that man is saved. That woman is saved. So we're going to pray that prayer with you. We're going to help you as a congregation. We're just going to pray a prayer. Like I said, it's just words unless you're saying it from your heart and surrender. And I want others around you, if you would, just very lightly, would you place your hand on the shoulder of somebody standing right beside you? They may have lifted their hand and want to pray right now. There's about four, four or five folks that want to pray right now. We're going to pray this prayer, and as we pray it, you mean it with all your heart. And then a devil in hell can keep you from Jesus. Are you ready? Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Lord. I believe you're the Son of God. That you died on the cross for me that you rose from the dead and that you purchased my salvation be the Lord of my life I give it all to you I surrender and I make confession today Jesus is Lord so I believe it in my heart I've asked you for forgiveness I've accepted you into my life made you Lord of my life so according to your word I'm born again. I'm saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Whew. Feels good. Doesn't it feel good in here? I feel like the Lord is at his way. I just don't want to embarrass you, but I want you to know God has started a new thing right here this morning with you. There's a new thing. You're not going to be the same. You're going to walk out to your car, get in your car, and you're not, you're not going to control the weeping. You're going to cry all day. You, God has started a new thing in you. Come here. Guys, get around him. Father, in the name of Jesus. 
In the name of the Lord, we thank you, Holy Ghost, for your work this morning. Continue to touch him and minister strength to him, Lord. From this moment forward, Lord, he's a new man. From this moment forward, there's a new work. There's something new happening in his life. It's not going to be the same again, and we thank you for it, God. He walks in power. He walks in strength. He walks in the, the presence and power of his Lord. And, Lord, you will give him victory. He has victory in your name. And we thank you for it, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Would you give the Lord praise one more time? Amen. 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 God is so good. I believe that the awesome, wonderful, mighty God that we serve, he's going to go and be with us and be in our hearts today. We are being transformed, and he wants to use us to, to touch the world, to transform the world. If you raised your hand today, if you prayed a prayer and asked Jesus to come into your heart, I know there were several across this audience, I just want to invite you to meet our discipleship pastor, Melissa Grawl. She has some information that she wants to share with you on your first steps and gift and different things to give to you that you can read and look through to help you in your first uh, few days of this new journey. You can come and see her either right here or out in the lobby. There's a booth that says discipleship at the top of it. You can go to that, and uh, she wants to help you out and take care of you. God is good. Amen? Amen. We're excited. We've got it here on fire. Let everybody at the restaurant know that something awesome happened in your life today with your smile and then with your mouth next. And uh, let's just go and make a difference. Let's pray, folks. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you that you're alive and well. And God, you're not going off somewhere without us, but God, you have chosen us and you love us. You touch our hearts and change us. And God, you move inside of us in such a beautiful and wonderful way. And God, you want to lead us out of this place today. And God, we pray for just that, that you would lead us, anoint us, use us to touch the world, to make a difference through your mighty hand. In the name of Jesus, we praise you and we honor you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you at 6 o'clock. Brother Frederick Kessner from Australia will be with us, and he's going to be speaking. God bless you all.